Most of them reiterate the common theme of inspiring through a moral lifestyle. Influence does not require a title, a different pay grade, a corner office, or a newsletter. Leadership is simply the art of influencing others. This is Pints with Jack, Season 5, Episode 39. The Leadership of C.S. Lewis. After Hours with Dr. Crystal Hurd. Good morning, everyone. Pints with Jack is your weekly C.S. Lewis podcast where David, Andrew, and I break down and discuss the works of C.S. Lewis. This season, we've been talking about love, and we worked our way through Lewis's book, The Four Loves. This month, we've been celebrating Ecumenism Month, talking (laughs) with people who love C.S. Lewis from a diverse range of religious backgrounds, Calvinism, Eastern Orthodox, Mormonism, and Judaism. But today, we're officially leaving Ecumenism Month behind and speaking with a former guest of the show who has just brought out a new book about Lewis, Dr. Crystal Hurd. In some background, Dr. Crystal Hurd is an educator and researcher from Virginia, where she lives with her husband and two dogs. Over the past decade, she has read and researched both biographically and rhetorical aspects of C.S. Lewis. Her dissertation applied transformational leadership theory to his life and works. She is currently working on a book titled The Leadership of C.S. Lewis, which will be published in 2022 by Winged Lion Press. Additionally, she is the 2020 recipient of the Clyde S. Kilby Research Grant awarded by the Marion E. Wade Center at Wheaton College. Her research will be developing will be developed into a book exploring the artistic influences of Lewis's parents and grandparents titled Bookish Clever People. If that wasn't enough, she also serves as visiting faculty in Inkling Studies for Northwind Theological Seminary, serves as the review ed, reviews editor for Sinzuk, teaches in the Romantic Theology program and is launching a brand new program on inklings in creative writing. But most importantly, and which is what we're here for about today, is now the author of The Leadership of C.S. Lewis. Dr. Crystal Hurd, welcome back to Pints with Jack. It's so good to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. I always choose a title, or I always choose a quote from the book as I'm reading it in preparation for the episodes. And I came across that one and I really liked it because so much I feel like today of leadership, we talk about it from this this top-down perspective. And this talks about it, it seems like a little bit more from a bottom-up perspective. It doesn't require a title, a different pay grade, a corner office, or a newsletter. You know, it's inspiring through a moral lifestyle. And I also felt that really teased with some of the stuff that we're going to end up unpacking here today with your book. But that quote just really jumped out to me and I liked it. And I thought, I actually thought to myself, I'm like, ooh, what a catchy like title would be, Art of Influencing Others with C.S. Lewis. Like the art of winning friends you know that book like winning and influencing yeah. friends <laughs> influencing people yeah <laughs> that's the one <laughs> yeah the carnegie book yeah that that thing's been in print for like 70 years <laughs> yeah that thing is unbelievable it's interesting when i when i was doing my leadership research you know i was like you for for so many years i thought this is this is sort of a, a hierarchy where um 
you know, you're somewhere towards the bottom and then other mm-hmm. people who are important. I'm like, at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm at the bottom. And then um, when I started really going into leadership studies and, and looking at different theories and skill-based theories, I realized that a lot of leadership is about personality and moral, having a moral compass. And um, it, there's so much about the charisma of, of a leader that pulls people in and inspires people to follow them. And um, if that is done on a wide scale where we all sort of consider whom, whom we influence, that could make such an impact on culture. Mm-hmm. And, and not to jump ahead here too far, but I, I love that your book really focuses on that aspect of it because my first exposure to this more idea of like transformational leadership, I did this two-year thing in Chicago called the Transforming Center, where it takes leaders from the United States and it's it's a Christian-based program. And the, the philosophy is going for a weekend retreat on leadership isn't going to most likely teach you that much in leadership because your leadership is much more about the person you are than the knowledge that you have of what it takes to be a leader. And so that's why they did it over eight quarters. And in the quarters in between, you'd read like three or four books You'd be, you'd be meditating, you'd be doing scripture readings, you'd be really just trying to transform as a person. And that's what makes the great leaders. And your book just reminded me, me, brought me back to that place because there's just so many lessons in your book that are inspiring and encouraging of the different principles and virtues that we need to become a great leader. And so I am particularly excited for this. When, when David shared with us all the different people he wanted to bring on this season, yeah, me, Andrew, and him are doing a three-way call, and I'm like, I want to do that one. I want to take the Lewis and leadership one. That just sounds right up my alley, being working in the business world, and I always just aspire to understand more about leadership. So I'm excited. That's a long way to say I'm excited for this interview, and thank oh, you for writing this book. Me too. Me too. And yeah, I almost <laughs> didn't write this book. Uh, <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was it was uh, because you know how it is when you have a, a dissertation, you're spending – I literally spent nine months um, – working on it like like I would if I were having a child. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it really felt like it at some point. Um, minus, you know, minus, you know, um, the hospital bill. Um, uh, but it was, it was, it was, it was stressful. And so when I, when I first finished it, everybody was encouraging me to publish it. And I said, I think, um, not to sound like George Costanza, but it's not you, it's me. Like I need, so I need a break from it to sort of wrap my head around it. And I, so I started, um, working on a degree in creative writing, sort of stepped away from it for a little while and had, uh, and then sort of the political landscape was changing and shifting in our country and in other countries. And so I did a lot of thinking and praying and I said, you know, and then when the pandemic hit and I had a lot of time (laughs) to, you know, to be at home and think about the projects I was, you know, was working on. um, I said, well, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. This is, I mean, literally the slate's been wiped clean. I'm sitting here every day playing Animal Crossing for a few hours. Like, (laughs) you know, this should be, this is God's opportunity, you know, to kick me, you know, in the booty and say, this is time to write that book. It's time for you to to do that. And, um, you know, it's really crazy because when I wrote it, it was kind of a means to an end, even though I enjoyed it. It was, you know, a requirement for my degree. And I think I checked the other day and it's been downloaded over 3,500 times. Uh, from the website um, wow. at East Tennessee State, um, and then um, other people have said, "Oh, I, I read, I recently read a dissertation with your your leadership research in it," and um, so it's 
it's, you know, sort of, it was a kind of an idea that God surprised me with. <laughs> and, uh, and then he said, I need you to, to do this. And so, um, it was begrudging at times, but, uh, after the pandemic hit, I just decided I'm going to step on the gas and, and, you know, devote myself to doing this. And so, and here we are, um, you know, a couple of years after the pandemic has started and, or I guess it's endemic now. Um, and the book is finished and I'm really happy with how it turned out. And for me, it's a different way of looking at leadership. I did have people even say, I really don't see leadership that way. <laughs> um, and, and that's like okay. about, about your, your, the, the thesis one that was online. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually had people turn down doing an interview during the process of, of, of doing interviews for the, for the dissertation. Like I had people say, Whoa. I really, yeah, I really don't see him as a leader. <laughs> so yeah. And After I was reading like, your book, it seems so evidently obvious. Well, me. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of people who said, mm, don't you think you're stretching it a little? And I said, actually, no, um, I really don't because um, if you're looking at leadership through a narrow focus, you might say, mm-hmm. yeah, well, he doesn't really fit the qualities of it and he really didn't even like, you know, policy and leadership and uh, and all that stuff. But the fact was, it was spiritually, he was a huge leader. Um, mm-hmm. And when we sort of expand our worldview to look at the ways that people influence others, I mean, how many people have you had on the show who said, you know, reading C.S. Lewis changed my life? Everyone. <laughs> and the amount of emails we get about it is yeah. massive. This is a person who did not intend to become a leader, but has definitely transformed into a leader because of um, his devotion to obedience to God and mm. to scripture. There's just so there's so much that's part of leadership. That's just part of being a good human being um, and being obedient. And like I've said in the book several times, leading is really about serving, mm-hmm. which is a different way to look at it. <laughs> well, in in connecting off that, you and I were chatting pre-recording. Some of those emails or feedback you got on the thesis, maybe pushing back on it, calling it a stretch, I would argue is more of a symptom of the lack of leadership we have today. I, I, I feel like there's the model today of leadership is people want the loudest, they want the most powerful from an influence, money, control, authority, but it's very much like I I use the word top-down authority. And your book, I would argue, is a much more powerful form of leadership that we seem to have lost in this social media, technology, media-driven world, where it's all about who can just get the quickest amount of influence. And, And the thing is, I'm not even sure I would count you know, I, I would I would argue a real leader can rally people from many different backgrounds. Today, we have a ton of quote-unquote leaders that are in their camps where they have a bunch of people that believe the same thing they believe, and it's really easy to get to your niche of that with mm-hmm. social media and the way people curate that. And so I that was really refreshing in your book to be able to see what I would argue is a much purer form of leadership and beautiful, authentic form of leadership. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, I, I feel, is our best example. Oh, yes. You know, Jesus... Jesus was not CEO. <laughs> you know, Jesus nope. was not called a manager. Um, but the things he did, and he did serve, and he's definitely um, Jesus is definitely a 
huge example of what we call servant leadership, which I talk about a little in there in the book. But um, I honestly don't know any Christian who would argue Jesus isn't the leader. Yes. <laughs> Um, you know, um, obviously, uh, you know, that you're, you're following him right now. <laughs> your, your, your life is transformed right now, um, through these precepts, but, but it doesn't fit, you know, this sort of conventional idea of what leadership is. And what I've discovered through a lot of, you know, just sort of not just observation, but through a lot of reading and research is that people are naturally drawn to good and decent people. We are naturally drawn to those people um, and we want to emulate those people. Um, so it's it's actually a really natural process if we think about it, um, doing the right thing and being principled and having authentic concern for other people. That is, that is something that is just naturally attractive for us. You know, mm-hmm. we can see that, we can sense that. So turning to the book now, You've already alluded to in the beginning how this came about from turning your your thesis, your dissertation into a book from the pandemic. But let's go back to the very original start of this idea of Lewis and leadership with the, the dissertation and the thesis. You know, where where did that interest come from? What peaked it and what got you to get the ball rolling on writing that? Honestly, it's actually a very practical reason. Um, I was doing an educational leadership um, program. Um, because as I, I'm a teacher, you know, during the day, and um, one of the things that you know we had to do, of course, is um, is a dissertation, and so we had to sort of choose um, what tar- topic we were interested in, and it was pretty wide open. Um, mine was a little unconventional um, for several reasons, because a lot of people usually do surveys, and they, mm. you know, it, they look at some sort of issue that's prominent in public schools and then they do, they, you know, write a thesis up and they do all this stuff. And I, at the time I, you know, I love C.S. Lewis and I really wanted an excuse to read all of his books. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, a great reason. Um, so I was like, I need an ex- Yeah. So at the time I was, I remember looking at the transformational leadership sort of outline and thinking, you know, Lewis actually meets a lot of these criteria, right? He he had to have intellect, you know, which he had. He had to have charisma, which I feel he had. Um, he had to have concern for others, which he had. And yeah. I was looking at all these, you know, all these aspects of transformational leadership. And I said, you know, he hits the mark on all of these. Um, maybe accidentally because he wasn't attempting to be a leader. And I, and I allude, you know, to some of the history where his father was a very prominent figure in Belfast politics and, and government agencies. And um, he, he was a leader. He was literally on sort of the forefront, of a lot of the uh, local issues in politics. And that's one of the reasons why Lewis hates politics is because he heard it so much in his own house growing up. Always, everything goes back to childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be Freudian, but yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a whole lot there to unpack, but uh, you know, he, he didn't, he, he was literally just being obedient and following scripture. And that's what made him a leader. Um, mm. So yeah, he, he seemed to just satisfy all the requirements. And so I actually went to someone on the faculty and I said, I'd like to do this. And they said, we don't have anybody here who can do that. Um, do something else. <laughs> and so I switched <laughs> advisors. 
<laughs> um, so I just switched oh, advisors. I stubbornness. I, yeah, I had another advisor who was like, I think that's a great idea. And I was just like, okay. So um, we just made a, you know, signed a paper and <laughs> just sallied forth. <laughs> that is <so> <laughs> And, uh, and then it came to be, it was really cool how it came together. Honestly, um, it, like God is in the small things. Um, mm. there's so many things I could tell you about where God just lined things up. And, um, you know, I, I actually, the department had no idea, but I proposed on Lewis's birthday, which is November 29th. Uh, and I really? defended on his wedding anniversary. Oh my goodness. That is incredible. Yeah. The college had no idea. You know, they were just here. How's, how's this random date? You know? And, and I just felt like, wow, God is oh, all so over you did, this project. Oh, for a second, I thought you, uh, you intentionally selected those. That was, oh my goodness. I got a little yeah. shivers, shivers that was right there. The just, yeah. That was just God showing off. <laughs> uh-huh. It was, it was really cool. And uh, even, you know, people who came onto my committee, um, you know, one of them, this never happens, but one of them asked me to be on the committee <laughs> Whoa! when she found out about my topic. Yeah. And I, I had one more spot and uh, she mm. said, if you need anybody, I would love to serve. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do have a spot. <laughs> I do have a vacancy <laughs> if you're interested. <laughs> um, so it was just a lot of cool things. And I just felt like, you know, from the get go, God was all over it. And, uh, you know, I just, I was obedient and I said, okay, God, let's, let's do this. Mm. And um, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, that was kind of how it started. And then over time, people kept asking me, you know, are you going to, you know, supply that as, you know, as a modified version? And I had considered it and played with it. But like I said, until the pandemic, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to focus on it. And then when that happened, I said, this is my, this is my hour. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And yours takes, this will segue right into the next question of, uh, I'll let you obviously answer how the book's laid out and how you weave Lewis and leadership together. But I can tell the book would take a long time because you, it's not just like you've read a whole bunch of Lewis and you're streaming together a bunch of streaming of thoughts in a really good sense. Like you've done a huge amount of research on the topic objectively of leadership, irregardless of Lewis, take him out in all of the different systematic ways people define leadership. And then uh, unpacked those and then brought loose. And so it's it's like, that's not something that just happens overnight. And so there's a lot of reference research. And then of course, there's the the art of weaving in Lewis into it all. And so I thought it was beautiful, but I don't want to answer this question. So let's, let's let you answer. How is the book laid out and how you weave Lewis and leadership together? Oh, well, thank you. And that was, that was, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It took me, um, it took me about a decade. Um, the process of, and also one of the things is that, you know, I wrote it 10 years ago. Um, and so I've been through the last few years updating, including people like John Maxwell, uh, Leighton Ford, um, Jim Collins, good to great, which is kind of a leadership mm-hmm. staple. Um, so I, I had to sort of go back to the drawing board a little bit and uh, look at, you know, take everything that I did for secular leadership study and then update it with Christian leadership studies to sort of make a blend for that. Um, but I actually, I looked at Lewis through a trait based um, and transformative leadership is trait based. And so I, I took different traits like humility, um, duty, creativity, um, courage. And I, and I looked at those and 
sort of define those through a leadership lens and then explored how Lewis satisfied those requirements. Mm. And, um, and resilience, that's a big one. Um, I really like the compassion, the moral, compassion, um, like morality. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Moral leadership was a, that was a, a, that's a big, (laughs) there's a lot to unpack in that chapter. (laughs) Was probably my favorite. That and humility were probably my two favorite ones. I mean, I, I I love them all, but for me, with the moral leadership one, it really made me think so much of the the three part morality in mere Christianity, and mm-hmm. just the importance of you can have these great rules to keep ships from not hitting each other, but if their rudders are crap, it's just not going to happen. And so, like you can teach going back to what we were mentioning earlier, you can teach people all of these great leadership traits, but if their morality is not there. It's just not going to happen. Right. And, and they can still there. use those techniques for, they can pervert them, right? Because Lewis talks in your Christianity about good things being, you know, being perverted and they turn into bad things. It's really yes. just good perverted. And uh, I mean, leadership is and anything. You know, a lot of things are like that. You can take, um, you know, there's transformational leadership and then there's pseudo transformational leadership, which mm-hmm. I mentioned in the dissertation, but it's basically taking the same principles and and being you know using them for malevolent means um mm-hmm. and i mentioned hitler in 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 my leadership study as one of the men who you know in lewis's time was doing that you know because c.s lewis talks about uh in one of his letters how he was listening to the radio and hitler was giving a speech obviously it was being translated but um he says in the letter that hitler is so charismatic and so passionate about his message that he's almost believable. Mm. And he says, I can understand how other people, you know, could be pulled in to that. Yeah. Um, but he understands too, that the, that the overarching message is still awful. And I, I cite a letter from 1933, right. And 1933 is, I mean, I think Hitler's first camp, Dachau, went operational in 1933. But a lot of people, you didn't know much about him on the world no. stage yet at that point, um, right? He didn't, um, you know, he didn't actually really start a lot of his campaigns uh, until 1939. Lewis is talking in a letter in 1933 about who is this man saying that it's his Christian duty to wipe to rid the earth of the Jews. <laughs> You know, I mean, he's wow. like his Christian duty. I had no idea he he wrote yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I actually, I actually, um, for in the dissertation, I actually cite one of Hitler's speeches, um, wow. where he references his Christian duty and his, you know, his his, you know, it, it's God's. He's doing God's work uh, mm. by uh, annihilating this whole race of people. Um, obviously, that that's ridiculous you know, ridiculous thinking, but at the time, you know, he was saying things like that. And even Lewis as early as 1933 was saying something is not right with this man. Mm -hmm. You know, something is not right with the way he's running things. And, and, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I talk some in the book about sort of Lewis having to balance out the bad with some of the good. And part of his job when mere Christianity was restoring that hope to people. Oh, and he did. Yeah. And he knew how war impacted people because he was a soldier. 
Um, And he knew it. Uh, He knew what it was like, which I think um, I think he was so tickled (laughs) to find out that a lot of the soldiers were listening to him um, during World War Two. I never thought about that balancing out. I wonder if that's why. So mere Christianity is the thing that brought me back to Christianity. And Mm -hmm. I always tell people it wasn't that it yet convinced me of the truth of Christianity. I wasn't quite sure yet, but I mean, but it. When I finished it, I said to myself, there's so much beauty in this way of living that I can't not explore this. And I actually even said, even if it's not true, I would want to live this way. And so I'm wondering now that you say that he's countering such like evil going on. Like that's why there was so much beauty weaved throughout it. You could also argue it's just Christianity is just beautiful in general. So it was going to happen either way. But that's interesting to hear that context around the, the Hitler side really early on. Mm-hmm. It was, mm. I, I think he just, you know, even though he wasn't a politically minded person or he says he wasn't politically minded, but he had a lot to say on, uh, on issues, uh, on moral issues of his day. Um, yeah. But he was, you know, he was literally in the midst of dictators, multiple dictators uh, doing awful things to people. And I think he, he saw the God's leadership as something totally different and, you know, I referenced First Corinthians twelve uh, in in that chapter on morality because um, you know God states that we are the body and He is the head, and mm-hmm. so you know He says in a letter, if you're supposed to be a good toenail, then be a good toenail, <laughs> which is what He says <laughs> to one of His correspondents. At least until um, you're clipped off. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep you groomed, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's interesting. Um, it's interesting to think of that leadership, uh, that hierarchy, because God is at the top, and everybody else is scattered and doing their own work. But the mm-hmm. work benefits the whole. Um, it's so it's not about um, people being over people or condescending on people or um, that. To me, that illustration speaks volumes about what we what leadership should really look like. I like that. And when you take that, you know, if C.S. Lewis was an elbow, he was just a great elbow, right? He was the best <laughs> you <know>? elbow. <laughs> if you're a tooth, then be a great tooth. I mean, you know, um, I mean, all jokes aside, that's sort of how it's supposed to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not supposed to be, you know, there's not supposed to be a bone, you know, telling off you know, uh, the skin about something or whatever. It's not, it's not about that. And the, and the minute that you get your ego involved, um, and you, and you literally shift your eyes away from God, that's where the, that's where the mischief starts. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's really about sort of keeping your eyes on God, which was something that he did so well and that he constantly, you know, was encouraging people to do, um, others to do. Mm. And, when when people read this book, what do you hope that they get out of it? Now that you've finished this, like if, if you were to give this to someone, what would you, what would be your ideal circumstance? I want them to embrace the opportunities they have to make the world better, which sounds really, <laughs> I mean, when I say make the world better, I mean, make your circumstance better. Um, I talk about uh, the go light your corner um, Mm -hmm. statement, which is one of my professors always used um, when we were, he was a go light your corner. Um, When you can't light the whole room, but you can light the corner you're in. And 
if you light that corner and other people see that light and want to be that light, then the whole room is brighter because of mm. your one flame. Um, so I want people to understand that like, yeah, maybe you're not a CEO, but you're a parent. Maybe you're not a bank manager or whatever, but you're a teacher, a coach, a mentor, you're a youth pastor, you're a head pastor, um, you're a music minister, whatever role you have, you embrace those opportunities to make people better and to make yourself better. So, and just, you know, the whole, um, they talked about moral uplift in a lot of the leadership books. And that's really what it is. If we raise the bar, then, then the world cannot help but notice, you know, the, the benefits of being, you know, good and decent people. Well, as someone who has read your book, I can say it's successful. And I'm not just saying that I was going to mention that later, but I didn't know what to expect from the book, you know, a, a book on Lewis and leadership. Is it more of a argument about Lewis is a good leader? Is it going to be more about leadership itself? I wasn't sure where it was going to fall on the spectrum, how it was going to weave it together. And I left it inspired to become a better person, honestly, and a better leader. I Because the way you break it up, and you've already alluded to the different parts of it, from creativity, division, uh, morality, humility in these different parts, the, the 10 different parts that you break it into. And you weave just so many beautiful examples, not only of Lewis and some of his works and some of the Narnia works. I remember the reap a cheap section on courage. It made me want to up my game is probably the simplest way to say it. And I, I, I've walked away admiring Lewis more than I already did. Because it's like, wow, he really did embody the best of these virtues. It made me realize that if I want to be a better person, just focus on becoming more virtuous. Don't overthink it. Uh, focus on getting closer to stepping into the well or whatever it is and just let that permeate you. And so I, I love that that's what your goal was and that's what it was. That's what at least happened in my case. Oh, that, that's great to hear. And I like... I really do. A, I really love Reepa Cheap. Okay, isn't he like the he, best? Oh, <laughs> that that ending. I have. I cried during the ending of that movie uh, when he says, "This country is made for people with a heart like you." Uh, oh, I love it. And you know, he's such a tiny creature, but he's mm -hmm. so full of good and virtuous traits that, like, and you know, and yeah, that that scene in the movie where he crosses over to Aslan's country is just oh, it gets me every time and. Um, I love, I love his courage is just, is so apparent in that moment. He's so ready to go. He has no reluctance, no hesitation. He just mm -hmm. wants to go. But, um, you know, I feel like and one of the reasons I wrote the book was I, I wanted us to sort of understand that we have the power in ourselves to change culture for the mm -hmm. good. And um, I have that uh, quote at the beginning by Dorothy Sayers, which she wrote it in the voice of Lord Peter Whimsey um, about let's not wait for the government to make all these policies to make our lives better. Let's let's get motivated to make culture better between all of us. Like, let's all decide, um, you know, corporately, right, to to do something good and make the world better by embracing uh, the things that we do um, and the people that we love and that we serve um, and that we work with. So that was sort of like, 
that was that was sort of the impetus of, of, of what the book was about. And I was a little nervous because it, it's sort of a hybrid book. It's sort of a leadership study, um, if you've read leadership books, and it's sort of a biographical sketch of Lewis um, and how, sort of how he how he aligned with those traits. So I was a little nervous uh, that that people would say this is too Lewisy or this is too leadership. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what makes it powerful is because if if let's say you you cut down the leadership side of it and you really just focused on these positive traits of Lewis, it would come across with less I would argue authority on the leadership side. I would I would be thinking it's a beautiful exposition of Lewis and what a great man he is. But by rooting it, which you did with the amount of the leadership side, it, it's so incredible of how much like I, it, it really did just make me understand the depth of the leadership that's in Lewis. And, it, and I, I, I thought it made it even better. So I think you struck the perfect balance. Oh, that's good to hear. And I wanted that practical research in there mm-hmm. because I've had, like I said, I've had a lot of people say, I don't really see him. As a leader, he just wrote some children's books, you know, and it, and you know how it is when somebody says, didn't he just write some children's books? And I'm like, how much time do you have? Time. How much time <laughs> do you have? <laughs> Grab us Lewis, he's, a, he's that Narnia guy, guy <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my, oh my goodness. Like, did he just write children's stories? No, <laughs> he did not. Like, and they're not. children masterpieces, yeah. right? That's oh, we use that word differently. Get me started. No, but... um. It, you know, it was, it's it's interesting because I feel like I think writers especially have this unique access into our heads. Um, they can plant worlds in our heads, mm-hmm. right? Um, I remember the first time that um, I watched Lord of the Rings. Um, at that point, I hate to say this, but at that point, I actually hadn't read the books yet because this is very, very early in the 2000s. And I remember um, like seeing the landscapes and just being completely enamored with the beauty and the brilliance of those landscapes. Mm -hmm. And to me, if you think about this was just what was in a man's head, right. And he wrote it down. Um, How many people have been so inspired by those stories? How many Mm -hmm. people have opened up, you know, a Lewis book or a Tolkien book? And had their whole world changed um, because this man decided he was going to write something down. Mm. So in a way, I feel like writers are really um, our our leaders because they are they're doing the same things that leaders do. Right. Planning things and, you know, trying to teach us how to to do the right thing and and putting ideas out there that, you know, we should embrace and, you know, it's not a lot of the heavy lifting necessarily. It's not you know, it's not like. You know, you're going to write a, like a letter to Lewis and say, hey, what should I do about my pay raise? <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people want to look at it from that practical level. Um, mm-hmm. But is but, you know, if you remember, Lewis, volume three is full of letters where people say, what should I what should I do about my husband or what should I do about my family? Or, you know, he was a spiritual mentor to so many people during his time and he felt obligated to write every single person back that wrote him, um, which was a huge duty to, to those people. And, um, a lot of us, you know, would probably say, I don't have time to do that. Um, but he felt like they, (laughs) yeah, Matt's like me. me, It made me feel real guilty. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. And I'm the same way. Uh, like 
I've, I've started using the flag thing a whole lot in my email. It's like, Crystal, you haven't replied to this yet. Crystal, you haven't replied to this yet. Um, you know, and uh, so it's it's interesting. But yeah, leader, that's really the nuts and bolts of leadership, really, is just you know doing the work um, and being a moral person and having compassion and understanding and empathy. Um I, you know, I think that that's those are just important traits to have for effective leadership. And um, I was reading the other day in one of my leadership books. I think it was the Genie and Green book, which is a fabulous book, which is the ten straight for uh, excuse me ten v- ten virtues for outstanding leadership, uh, which is uh, highly recommend that book. It's a great book uh, by Genie and Green. And they said in there, this such a, such a great quote putting someone in a position of power and calling them a leader is the same as handing somebody a Bible and putting them in the pulpit and calling them a preacher. Whoa. I like that. You know, there's, there's a whole aspect that you've neglected about Mm -hmm. having the calling and the training and the, and the passion to do that job. Um, so I feel like, wow, you know, here's a man who didn't want to do, would not want to be called a leader at all. And um, um, Steve Beebe very generously wrote the foreword for this book. Uh, and he even starts out by saying, C.S. Lewis would not call himself a leader at all. He would probably chuckle at it. <laughs> um, but when we hold up his life um, and, and examine it, meets all the all the marks for excellent leadership Mm. this might be a little bit of a tough question maybe because you can't pick one thing but from what you knew of leadership before this process and what you now know of leadership having written an entire book on it and lewis what what surprised you from uh, from your previous understanding of leadership to what you learned and what you now know Mm, that's a great question the process of researching underscored for me again the importance of being a good and virtuous human being mm-hmm. as a prerequisite to being an effective leader. Mm. I like that. Yeah, you know, I talked some about uh, the importance of morality and ethics in development of leadership, you know, having that understanding of what is right and wrong. That to me, and not being clouded by the typical obstacles that we see in leadership, like privilege and um, the things that start tripping people up Uh that make people want to compromise their values. If you can withstand those, those issues and come out on the other side, then to me, you, you've done a wonderful job as a leader Um, because leadership is hard. Uh It's really hard. Um, it's, it's, um, a lot of criticism and not a lot of praise. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who's been in a leadership position knows that. There's you know? so much responsibility that leads to a weight and a pressure. And in my experience in my own life, when there's an abnormal or an acute amount of pressure on my shoulders, that's when I am most vulnerable to sin, temptation, vices, and, and doing bad things and, and breaking integrity and, and things of that nature. And so you need a strong foundation to be able to handle 
those things. And that's honestly what's so encouraging about your book is you you don't walk away thinking, huh, I could never get those traits. Because those are the things we're already called to in a Christian life. Like when we think of Christ's grace and as Lewis would argue, the divine life forming within us, as that divine life forms within us, these traits are going to begin naturally forming more and more and more. The foundation is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. All of us can achieve this type of leadership, which is the authentic leadership, the real leadership, the transformational leadership, the servant leadership, to use some of the uh, precise terms that you have in the beginning. And so it's so encouraging from that perspective. These are very attainable traits. They're not, oh, I have to be born with this natural ability or that natural ability to be a leader. No, you don't. Right. Yeah. That that was one thing that I think that really surprised me when I started my leadership program years ago was I was like, oh, but I don't, I'm not tall and I'm... <laughs> I don't like to speak in public. And, you know, I, I had all these false notions of what a good leader is. And um, I referenced the great man theory, which was a prevalent theory early in Lewis's life, you know, in the early, early in the 20th century was, the, and it's, it's ridiculous to think of it now, you know, you have to be tall, you have to have a loud voice, you have to be extroverted. But anyway, I, I realized that just like little Reepicheep, there is no prerequisite for leadership. Just be an inspiring person. Um, just do the right thing. Going back to your First Corinthians twelve too, it's you know we've been talking a lot about the morality side of things, being a good person, integrity, uh, those kind of traits, and becoming that. You could also say live out of the self that God intended you to be. So there's not only this become a good quality person, but live out of who you are. Stop trying to be someone else. Stop trying to be the extrovert, the charismatic public speaker. Yes, sometimes God has certain people designed for that. Great. They're going to do it. Sometimes he has someone designed to be an author. Sometimes he has someone designed to be a reaper cheap, you know, small, but with a huge courageous heart. Sometimes he's got a mother Teresa that we can't do great things, but just small things with great love. Be who you are meant to be your authentic self live with the morality, of course, and try to really strive for those virtues. And when those two bridge together, watch out to what Christ is going to do to you and the way he's going to use you to influence others for his kingdom. Absolutely. You know, and I, I mentioned um, Lewis's uh, discussion of the Tao um, in, in this Oh, yes. Book. I forgot about that. And um, that sort of his idea, This it's, a, it's the concept that like the universe has this you know, flow of, of energy and creativity and, and all this, all these things. And we just have to sort of acknowledge it and hook into it, which is sort of, mm -hmm. that's what the, the Tao talks about. And so I mentioned that's a lot like the incarnation. Uh, when we welcome into ourselves, like this marvelous creative spirit, you know, that, that shaped the worlds and shaped us. When we let that in and push out the nasty old yucky self, that keeps trying to, you know, crop up, uh, the, we can do amazing, wonderful things. And we won't even care about, like in the chapter on humility, I talked about, we don't even care about ourselves. We're so focused on God and on other people. And that's such a, like, to me, that would be such a great place to be mentally is, mm -hmm. is where you're so focused on other people that you're not even worried about who you, who, you know, who you impress or, um, you know, if you got 
an invitation to so-and-so's party or whatever. Like you don't, these things are, are, you know, small things in, in light of a larger kingdom that needs us to do some good work and get out there and, and be good people. And so, um, yeah, we talk a lot about integrity and stuff. I think, I think it's so important. And it's not, again, not just because it's, it's about being decent people to me as an ambassador of the kingdom. That's my part of my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I've got to, I've got to represent Christ in a, in a good way um, in an excellent way um, because people need to see him through me, but I've, I've got to let, I've got to let go of, and let him work right mm-hmm. through me. Um, he talks about, you know, writing stories, he says, is a lot like that, um, which is interesting, which I put in in, in the chapter uh, on creativity, right? Like Lewis says, I didn't try to write a Christian story. I just tried to write a great story and I let God breathe through it. And, you know, and then mm-hmm. we have Narnia, right? <laughs> and then we have the Ransom Trilogy. And, then, you know, so um, it's sort of like life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 so counterintuitive to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that, um, to, to surrender is, is you know, the great, the great gain. And, and so that again, like, like you talked about at the beginning of the show, like leadership, you look at it from a, from a, a totally different perspective. And that's what I think God wants us to do is mm-hmm. not take the, you know, the world's way of looking at things. He wants to flip it and then have us examine how he really wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> to look like, I mean, you know, I mean, he wants us to to look at how he created us and understand that leadership is not it's it's tough, but it's not this impossible thing because we are doing it every day. And um, in my own classroom, you know, I had students several years ago write about their heroes, mm. and you know, I thought I was going to get a lot of essays on athletes and models and actresses and singers. Um, and the majority of those essays were parents, grandparents, family members, uh, coaches, uh, and youth workers. Wow. Pastors. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. And, and these are teenagers. That's so cool. Yeah. So you have no idea the impact you are having right now on somebody. Mm. But if you embrace it and understand it, it's it's like, Wow. I always think how what, how cool to be at the end of life to see the impact that you never saw. And then sometimes I think how scary that could be because that can work in the negative sense too, <laughs> the ripple effects. Um, I'm like, I don't know if that would be that would be a blessing or torture to me to be able to see all the impact I had because uh, I bet there is plenty of negative strong throughout there, some word and sentence. But I do think about that, how it's like an iceberg, how much is below the sea mm-hmm. that you just don't see and you'll never see and how that will ripple. Right. And that thought, I like that thought because it it challenges me to be more intentional on the day to day. So that way, uh, hopefully that is more of a net positive, my impact than a net sure. negative. And I, and I think, um, I think too, sometimes we can be hyper vigilant or very hyper aware of it. But, uh, one thing I learned about Lewis is what, one thing I learned from Lewis really during this book was just follow the instructions <laughs> and I'll do the rest. Mm. You know, just obey. Yes. I will work it out for you. 
Right. Um, and obeying is hard sometimes, you know, um, <laughs> you know, we talk about loving our neighbors and that's all of our neighbors, <laughs> no matter what, you know, if they all disagree with Yes, all of them. That's what the book. That's what the book is. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, yeah, it's interesting because you know uh, we're we're in a culture where people are like, but I but I I disagree with so and so, or I don't agree with this, or you know, um, this is you know, I look around and I see God's beauty everywhere, and enraptured in all the diversity that we have in the kingdom uh, here. You know, the, the people that. Like God's family is so beautiful and diverse. And I think really that's a testament to God's creativity. Um, and we need to look past those things that divide us, you know, and come together and realize there's something so much bigger and more magnificent that brings us together. Um, you know, I live in a neighborhood where, um, I'm a Tennessee fan because I graduated from the University of Tennessee, okay? Um, if you didn't detect it with my accent at all. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of Alabama fans in my neighborhood. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, no, They're, no, no. They no. are better than us, okay? I'm just going to, I mean, listen, honesty is also one of those traits that's very important. They, they are, crushed they are, us, Notre Dame, in the national championship, so. Yeah. <laughs> they are better than us, okay? I'll, I'll go on record on that one. But, uh you know, it's it's funny how we like, you know, not in, hopefully not in a serious way, but we create these barriers um, all the time um, of of disagreement and stuff, and they're just silly small things, you know. But um, in the long run, you know, one thing God has worked with worked with me on the last couple of years is like, gosh, man, just love people. That's all I've asked you to do. You know, love mm. me and love your neighbor. That's what I want you to do. And I'm like, well, loving you is fine. Loving everyone else is a little harder. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you start sort of seeing, just like Lewis talks about, you know, there there are no mere mortals. The moment that you start seeing people as like these beings that God created, even if they're pulling for a different football team than you or whatever, they vote for a different <laughs> political party or whatever. When you start seeing them as God sees them, it transforms the way that you treat others mm. and that you see the world. I love that. And as we approach the 60-minute marker, I think that is a beautiful way to wrap up the, the main part of our discussion. Uh, but before we turn to the ending, where can listeners – find out more. Let's start with the book, but then you, because I have a feeling after listening to this, they're going to want to go figure out where that book is. Um, so yeah, where can they find that out and more about you? Um, so the book is called The Leadership of C.S. Lewis, um, 10 Traits to Encourage Change and Growth. Um, it's available uh, through all major retail distributors um, published by Wingline Press. Um, so that will be available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Places like that. We also do have it in ebook form because I've had folks um, ask about that. Um, I myself, I actually have a blog, uh, crystalherd.com, that I occasionally write uh, on. Occasionally, like I said, because I'm working on some other things with. Uh, You've been a little busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, um, I'm I'm working on on the book on the family very slowly too, which has been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. that his family, C.S. Lewis's family was an absolute hoot. They are, 
a great bunch of people. And I can't wait to tell you some of the stories I've uncovered in the Lewis papers and stuff. Great stuff. Oh, we can't have um, you. We can't wait to have you on to talk about that. They, they are. Round three. A group. Well, hey, I love, love it. I love, I love Pints with Jack. But they are, they were an amazing group of people. I mean, this is, this is why C.S. Lewis is C.S. Lewis. <laughs> he was, um, he was, you know, he was molded by um, a lot of really great, amazing people. Um, but when working on that, I also do some work at Zinzucht, the C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. Journal. Um, I'm the reviews editor there, and um, so I've done some articles and. And stuff. I was in the last issue of uh, Christian History Magazine, writing on the family, uh, which was oh, a lot no of fun. Oh no way! Isn't um, uh, Chris Armstrong? Wasn't he mm-hmm. with Christian History Magazine? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a chance to interview him maybe last year. That was a fun interview too. Yeah, that's do. a great. It's a, my 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 newest issue on divine healing and stuff just came in today. It's a great, great magazine. Ooh, great what magazine. A title. Divine healing. Yeah, yeah. It's really great. Um. So yeah. Um. I'm also on. Uh, Twitter at Dr. Hurd, D O C T O R H U R D, and Instagram, um, and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm not, I'm not on like Reddit or any of this. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't go down that path. So whatever in the, whatever the people in the mid forties do, uh, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kids are like, oh, are you want MySpace? <laughs> oh no, I, I think I abandoned my MySpace a few years ago. I'm a, I'm a little bit hipper. <laughs> <laughs> David went backwards and created one for Pints of Jack last year, just for oh, fun. Wow, wow, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure mine's mine's been <laughs> closed for I don't even know, probably ten years or something now. Um, but yeah, um, so you can check me out on those places, and uh, yeah, and um. I teach at Northwind Theological Seminary also. We have programs that are open for folks who want to study the Inklings or influence mm-hmm. the Inklings. So, yeah, um, you can always uh, shoot me a message, anything like that. I try to uh, – I may not answer every single email I get, something <laughs> like Lewis, but I do try to answer all the all the messages I get. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, thank you so much for having me on here, Matt. It's It's been oh, absolutely man. wonderful. Well, thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing all this wisdom with the listeners and uh, sharing about your book. And thank you for the work that you put into the Lewis community. I mean, just to be able to chance to be able to read this book, the, you know, for, for a reader, we'll read it and, and we get all of this benefit that is condensed from 10 years of research. I mean, sometimes we don't realize what a gift it is to have so much packed into such a concise, clear message. Like that doesn't just happen from someone just deciding to sit down for three months and write a book. Uh, That takes a lot of planning. So thank you for that too. And as we wrap this up, we want to thank all our listeners, our Patreon supporters, and particularly our top tier ones, Emmy, Thomas, Deborah, Anani Mouse, Billy, Bill and Joanna, Snort, Bud, Shane, John, Kevin, (laughs) Brian, Kay, Paul, Kimberly, Gillis, Gary, Stephen, Matt, Kelly, Chris, John, James, Kate, Peter, David, and Rowdy. <laughs> Chris has never heard the uh, the snort. We had a call with him. There's a great story with that. His name's not Snort. We weren't sure it was a nickname. He goes, "I just didn't want to put my real name into it, so I picked the first thing that came to my mind." And so now we love it, and we just keep Snort in there. It was so great. And then I think it was once that Andrew for anonymous decided to go Anani Mouse, and so now we always do that one. <laughs> Oh, it's just kind of stuck. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But listeners, yeah, if you uh, 
go check this out. We will put a link to most likely the Amazon one nice and easy. Throw that in our, our show notes and then you guys can just click that and buy that. And you can do that one click, send it right to your house. You know, nice and easy. And check us out, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, MySpace, got them all. Write a review if you enjoy this. And please join us next time when we'll be going further up. And further in. Cheers. Cheers.